Hello, welcome to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Of course, this show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. We are back this week. I hope everyone had a very safe and happy 4th of July weekend. I hope none of you guys, you know, pulled a Jason Pierre Paul and just blew your fingers off while doing fireworks or, you know, it's like some other idiots that do every year and they develop head injuries because they like to put fireworks on their head. Yes, I read about that every single year. There are a lot of idiots that don't know how to do fireworks, but the the, the show that I saw this past weekend, I mean, I was down at Smith Mountain Lake in Virginia. Um, if any of you guys are ever planning a trip down to a lake or something, a lake, a lake that's surrounded, honestly, by the mountains, please do this. Uh, Smith Mountain Lake is absolutely beautiful this time of year. The water is very clear. It's very hot. Well, I shouldn't say hot. I would just say it's warm. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Um, I put a bunch of pictures and videos on my Twitter. It was a ton of fun. And like I said, so the fireworks show that I saw personally, it was to the diagonal of the house that we were staying at. It was one of my mom's friends. And these people must have spent two to five grand on these fireworks. They were going off for probably about 40 minutes. They either went down to the Carolinas, they went into West Virginia, or they went up to Ohio and got a bunch of fireworks because th- these guys put on a show that um, some of like the neighborhoods put on. I, it's, it's honestly better than that. It was a hell of a show. And he, he basically, he started around like nine o'clock and he like, like I said, he literally went to about 9.50, so... Absolutely awesome. I'm jet skied for the first time this weekend. I got that thing up to 80, 85 kilometers an hour. That was the first time I had ever been jet skiing. I also didn't know that you had to get a boater's license to do it, but still, jet skiing is a lot of fun, and you can just fly. Going over the waves is absolutely awesome. Uh, I fell out one time with my, my friend that was on it. You know, we did like a little bit of a short turn, and we both just, we, we fell, and we fell out. I think people that were watching us kind of started laughing, but still. Uh, jet skiing is so much fun. Went on the boat that was at the house that we were at. Um, I'm, I'm a sucker for a jet ski and a boat. Uh, maybe some point in the future, I'll save up some money to actually buy a jet ski or two because, like I said, jet, jet, jet skiing is just a lot of fun. But still, there's my week, uh, re- weekend recap for the 4th of July. Um, let me know what you guys did for the, your 4th of July weekend after I tweet out the episode or whatnot. But we have a lot to get to today for a lot of hockey talk. Uh, the NHL and the Player Association have agreed to a return to play Phase three and phase four. It looks like they're also have also agreed to a CBA extension. It looks like it's going to be four extra years added on to the two that this one currently has. So six more years of this CBA. You know it is a weird time, especially in the year 2020, where so much shit has happened. When the NHL is not going to go into a lockout in six years, especially when they were negotiating a new CBA. Usually they always go into lockouts when they're negotiating a new CBA with the Players Association. And it's just, I am stunned that they did not. Like, you know, but 2020, it is weird times right now, but still. Very happy that the NHL and the Players Association were able to come to an agreement there. It is going to have to be ratified. I think it has to go through the Board of Governors and the Players Association reps. And then I think it's actually going to a full player vote for it to pass. Um, there are also some of the key dates were agreed to. July 13th is when training camps start. Well, tentatively right now, um, there, there was more tests that came in today. Um, a few more players tested positive from the tests that were um, conducted throughout the week. But still, July 13th is the day that the NHL would like to start training camps. And then I believe it's July 26th that the, the teams that are in the qualifying play in, well, honestly, all the, the 24 teams 
that are going to be in the playoffs. They will be going to the hub cities, which of course is Toronto and Edmonton. East will be in Toronto. West will be in Edmonton. And then the qualifying round for the Stanley Cup playoffs is expected to start August 1st. So absolutely monster news. It was always funny this weekend. I kept waking up to the the tweets from Bob McKenzie because of course I have his notifications on. He's the Bob father. And, you know, it just, it was like every day, you know, oh, the NHL and the PA, they're getting close. Oh, oh, they're getting closer. Oh, we're not going to have an agreement tonight. Maybe tomorrow. Oh, we're going to have an agreement tomorrow. Oh, then another day passes. And then tonight we finally get the tentative agreement, which of course, like I said, has to go through the board of governors to ratify it, the players, executive board, and then a full player vote. Uh, my question is, you know, with this, with the, um, the, re- the return to play phase three and phase four, what players are going to opt out? I think you are going to see some players opt out. You're already seeing some with baseball. There's some more. Um, excuse me. Nick Markakis of the Atlanta Braves is opting out. Um, Freddie Freeman of the Atlanta Braves, who's I think is their best player. He might be opting out because he actually got diagnosed with the coronavirus over the weekend. Um, there's the potential that Mike Trout with the Angels, he might opt out. He's had some pretty cryptic comments. I'll be curious to see if any of the Canadians players opt out because uh, of course as Elliot Freeman said there's they had a pretty pretty raucous call so so that that's going to be interesting to see over the coming days I think Bob McKenzie said the players have until Thursday to tell the teams if they are going to opt out or not actually wait no excuse me I had the wrong uh t-day it's uh Tuesday uh, Chris Johnston and show players have until 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday to notify their teams that they're opting out of participating in Phase 3 and Phase 4 under the protocols agreed upon by the NHL and the NHLPA. There's no penalty for doing so. Of course, you know, why would there be a penalty for doing so? The NHL, I think they sent out this big 47-page memo after they kind of agreed to it. Chris Johnson had some more last night. NHL coaches will not be required to wear face coverings on the bench if they choose to remain behind the bench. What I'm going to be curious to see if any of the coaches, if they're going to stand maybe like in the stands, like, or, or are all the coaches going to be behind the bench? You know, there, there, there's room for some weird stuff. So who, who knows, but I will be curious to see if all the coaches will be behind the bench. And also, I mean, the coaches won't be of course required to wear masks, but I still think you may see some of the coaches wear masks just for their own safety, especially some of the elder ones who, you know, where this virus, like the elder population is where it really affects those people. So I'm going to definitely be watching for that to see if some coaches, despite not being required to wear masks, see if they still wear the masks anyway. Elliot Freeman also had a bunch of stuff last night. The return to play, apparently the stage four states, individuals leaving without permission. Uh, so of course, leaving the bubble, they may be subject to consequences up to and remo- including removal of the playing. In addition, violations will result in for clubs, significant penalties, potentially including fines and or loss of draft choices. Um, totally get where the NHL is coming from than that. Please do not leave without permission. You know, don't be an idiot. You know, stay in the bubble. We don't need this virus um, being worse than it already is. There's a, a few other things from Elliot Freeman. For stage three, um, all players will have to go under will have to undergo a pre-participation medical exam. Players who, after consultation with a doctor who conducted it and the club's infectious disease expert, are determined to be at substantial substantial risk of developing a serious illness as a result of exposure to the novel coronavirus shall be deemed to be unfit to play and shall not be permitted to participate either in phase three or phase four. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's self-explainable right there. Well, self-explanatory, I should say. Um, here's, here's a big one here. This is honestly the last one I'll read. In the event of that a player is diagnosed with the coronavirus, the player shall be deemed to have sustained an illness arising out of the course of his employment as a hockey player for for such period as he may be removed from training, practice, or play, and his condition shall be treated as a hockey-related injury for all purposes under the CBA, unless it is established based on the facts at issue that the player contracted COVID-19. So, yeah, there you have it. So, just a few updates from Elliot Freeman that where the 
NHL and the Player Association came to a agreement for the return to play uh, situation for Phase 3 and Phase 4 and the protocol that goes into it. So yeah, a very, very busy weekend for the AHL, a very, very busy day today for the NHL. And I did forget with the CBA um, negotiation, this this will include Olympic participation for the NHL players in 2022 and 2026, bearing an agreement though with the IOC. I'm sure they'll be able to come to agreement with the IOC, but still, um, it is absolutely incredible that the NHL and the Player Association were able to come to an agreement for the CBA. And of course, it comes while we are in a global pandemic in the year 2020, which has been nothing short of ridiculous. And, you know, as I said last week, it is pretty crazy that it also took a global pandemic for the NHL and the Player Association to come to an agreement to send the players to the Olympics because, you know, they were being a bunch of babies in 2018 and they didn't send them for who knows why. But, you know, now they're finally going to get to go to the Olympics. So really great news on that front. We're getting closer to hockey, folks. It looks like right now. Uh, let's let's see here. Um, if my math is correct, that's about 26 days, so a little less than four weeks until the play-in. If it all goes well, fingers crossed that we get to potentially see some hockey playing this year and you know training camp will start a week from today but with that said it is now time to talk about rockauto.com it's a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years you can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer Best of all, the prices at the website are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselves. Why should you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Or you can write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right, so we're back on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I figured for this segment, um, since apparently the salary cap is going to be at $81.5 million next season, I think it's going to be like that for the season after that too. I'm going to have to double check on that, but I know it's going to be $81.5 million. For the next season, I thought it would just be a, let's do a quick little game and to see you know how that's going to affect the Penguins, You know who's going to be on the team, who I think is going to be on the team next season. So we all know Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, um, Locks, uh, I would say Patrick Hornquist, he's probably... A lock as well. Jake Gensel, Jason Zucker, Brian Rust. Um, those are all first-hand locks. Brian Dumoulin um, as well. John Marino, Marcus Pedersen. Those guys are really, really not going anywhere. Um, I think Jared McCann, he's going to resign. Uh, that, that contract's going to be an interesting situation, I think, for the Penguins. You know, he started out, he had a really nice hot streak to start out the season. Then he went cold a little bit. Then he regained it a bit. Then, I think it was like from January onward, or mid-January, somewhere around there, all the way till March when the season paused, just really, really was not feeling it. I think he had like one goal in his last 25, 30 games or something like that. He's hitting a bunch of posts, but he was just not scoring, just was not contributing a lot offensively. So I'm going to be curious to see what McCann is going to ask for as a restricted free agent. I mean, of course, I think the Penguins are going to sign him. I don't think it's going to be anything long-term. I'm maybe going to go like a three- to four-year deal, maybe... Um, few million per year. I mean, he's not going to get like five million per or something like that. But maybe like you know three, three, three point two five per. I think is probably um, in the range that he could get. Maybe four. Um, I don't. I wouldn't really go that high for him to be honest. I mean, I do like him a lot. I think he's a really good player, but um, he's not worth like I said like five million. Um, Nick Bukestad, he's going to be on his way out. I really don't see how Jim Rutherford keeps him, especially you know with all the injuries that he's had. 
um, the last couple of seasons. <laughs> it's no secret on this podcast. I have felt so bad for him so many times. It's just it absolutely stinks what's going on with him. He's he's going to be a salary cap dump. Um, there's really honestly no way around that one. Patrick Marlowe, that's going to be a very interesting one as well. I think he might retire, but I also think he might go to a different team. I really don't see the Penguins re-signing him. Evan Rodriguez, who of course they acquired in the trade with Buffalo when they sent Dominic Cahoon there and got Connor Sherry. We'll get to Connor Sherry right after this, actually. Do- um, Dominic, I'm going to say Dominic Cahoon, jeez. Evan Rodriguez, I think he will re-sign back with the Penguins. It's going to be interesting to see if he gets in some games during the qualifying round. I'm not really sure there's a spot for him right now in the four-line lineup when they're the 12 fours that can roll out because, you know, you have Gensel with with Gensel with Malkin, Gensel with Crosby and Sherry. Then you have Zucker with Malkin and Russ, where you can flip-flop uh, Gensel and Zucker. Then, you know, you have Patrick Marlowe with Jared McCann and Patrick Hornquist. And then you have the Aston Reese, Teddy Bluger, Brandon Tanev line. So I think Rodriguez is going to be on the outside looking in. But still, I think this is a player that the Penguins really want to take a good look at next season. You really haven't seen too much of him. I know he had at least one goal um, during his time as a Penguin. I think it actually came on the last game of the regular season against New Jersey. Don't quote me on that, but I know he did score one. But like I said, I believe it was against New Jersey. But still, I expect Rodriguez to be on the team next season. For his contract, I don't think he's really going to ask uh, too, too much, I don't think. You know, maybe, what, a couple million for him. But, you know, he just really hasn't been used a lot, especially in his time in Buffalo. I think he had wanted out for a very long time. So, like I said, look for the Penguins to use him um, a bunch next season to get a good look at him. Maybe he'll be signed to a one- or two-year deal. That's just my take on that. Um, you know, you get to the fourth line, you know, Zach Aston Reese, he'll be back. Brandon Tanev, you know, we all know he'll be back. Uh, there's some interesting comments uh, from Brandon Tanev this morning. I saw on Penguins Twitter, you know, people, you know, not hyping him up as much as the media has. And I do agree. I think some of the Penguins media has hyped Brandon Tanev up a bit too much. But this is the thing about Brandon Tanev that I will say. Um, I think I ate a bunch of crow on that contract. I think a lot of people that maybe listen to this show or that are a fan of the Penguins that don't listen to this show fans on Twitter or whatever, I think they've ate a lot of crow too. We all know he's good defensively. You know, I don't quote Ryan Wilson of Hockey Buzz too much. You know, I've disagreed with a bunch of his takes, but I will agree with this take. You know, this is not a Jack Johnson situation where his $3.25 million cap hit is like really bad. He's actually really good defensively. His offense, you know, I agree with Ryan, you know, it's not as good, but still he was producing a good amount for a bit this season. I do like that he draws penalties, even though it kind of regressed a bit as the season went on. But he just reminds me a lot of how what a young Carl Haglin looks like, and I think a lot of that he that was really really lacking in the Penguins lineup, especially um, the last season against the Islanders, where of course they got swept in the first round, and just honestly during that whole season the Penguins just did not look fast. They looked really really old, but you know made some moves and. Uh, they don't. They definitely do not look like that anymore. So I think I covered all the forwards here. Well, no, not all of them. Dominic Simone. That's going to be an interesting one. I'm not really sure what the Penguins are going to do with him. I know Mike Sullivan really likes him a lot, but I'm just not sure if Sidney Crosby likes him on his line. I do know that Mike Sullivan likes to put him on his line, but still, uh, Simone is going to be out for the rest of the season if it does resume. I think. Yeah, I think that was he had that uh, torn labrum in his shoulder. I think that game was against the uh, Sharks where that happened. He looked very slow coming up. And then he, apparently he was going to try and come back if the season didn't pause. And he was actually going to play. But when the season paused, he just basically thought, you know what? Um, I guess it's as good a time as any to just have surgery. Um, you know, Connor Sherry, that's going to be also a very, very interesting situation, I think, for Pittsburgh. He makes $3 million at the end of this season. Well, he, he has, he's making $3 million, And then he's going to be a UFA the next season. 
Not really sure if the Penguins are going to re-sign him. I really don't think um, he's going to be asking for too much more. He's already 28. Um, you don't want to give a player like that too much term, too much of a cap hit, because he's just honestly nothing more, I think, than a, a fringe top sixer. He's a good bottom six forward, I think. But there's my thoughts on that. That's going to be interesting. I'm, he's kind of in a in-between, I think, for me, for coming back next season. Um, Anthony Angelo is going to be an RFA, but he's also an emergency loan. So is Sam Lafferty. He's going to be an RFA, so they're going to have to get new contracts. I don't expect them to get um, too much. Like I said, Dominic Simone, he's going to be an RFA as well. You know, look for him to get at least a couple million per year for his cap hit um, as well. But still, if the Penguins are able to trade Nick Bukestad, that'll be $4.1 million off the salary cap going into next season because right now, looking at cap friendly, they only have – they hardly have anything. Cap room, yeah, it's it is not a lot of cap room. I, I will I will say that. Um, let's see, Justin Schultz, guys. I mean, he's basically a goner. He's thirty years old. He makes five point five million per. Um, I think the Penguins would definitely want to resign him, but not for the price that he's going to want. Um, you don't pay defensemen like that too much money, and also he just has not been the same defenseman as he used to be a few years ago. And of course, what I mean by that is 2016, 2017 where he had over fifty points and. Going into the next season, I actually thought he was pretty decent too. Then, of course, he had that injury, and then it all just went to straight-up hell. So, yeah, I don't think he's definitely going to come back. Yusso Rikula, that's an interesting situation, I think, for me. You know, he makes only 850 k against the cap. He's going to be an RFA next season, only 26. I really think the Penguins are honestly going to try and trade him. For some reason, Yusso Rikula's always been in Mike Sullivan's doghouse. I've never understood. I've always thought he should get the chance to play over Jack Johnson to show that he is better than Jack Johnson. And we'll get to Jack Johnson in a second because who knows what's going to happen with his situation. He's, he's 33. He still makes $3.25 million for three more seasons after this season um but yeah Ricola that's just I think honestly he's going to be the one to go I honestly don't think they're going to trade Jack Johnson I think they're going to keep Jack Johnson though we all know what my opinion is on that should they trade Jack Johnson absolutely I would you know put you so Ricola in there show him what he had show him show what he is made of good lord man I just I really cannot speak today so yeah that, that's what I would do so like I said for I guess we'll just talk about Jack Johnson now yeah he should be out I don't think he is like I just said and then, of course, you know, as I go down the list here on Cap Friendly, did I miss anyone? Nope. Crosby, Malkin, Zucker, Hornquist, Bukestad. Nope. I do not think I missed anyone. Wow, we actually got through this. Well, except, well, Chad Ruedel, he'll be back too. He still has one more year left at 700K. He'll be another, like, basically number seven, number eight defense. And so, with that said, the two goaltending situation, Matt Murray and Tristan Jari, the two goalies. Um, all right, here, here's my prediction for how this will impact the Penguins with the cap with $81.5 million. Matt Murray is going to be traded after the season, and they are going to keep Tristan Jari. That is going to be my prediction. I think Tristan Jari will be your number one goaltender for the Penguins next season. Matt Murray, I think, is probably going to ask for a little bit too much money, maybe around 6 to $6.5 per, maybe potentially 7 if he plays his ass off in the qualifying round and if the Penguins go really, really far in the Stanley Cup playoffs, if they do happen. But that's just my take on that. Tristan Jari is the cheaper option. You know, it's kind of like a running back situation. Um, you don't need to overpay for a goaltender. You pay the cheapest one. And you let that ride out. So that's what I think is going to happen with that going into next season. And that is how I think this $81.5 million will affect the Penguins and some roster decisions next season and who is going to stay and who is going to go. All right, so for this last uh, little, little, little segment, I guess, um, I put out a tweet on the Locked On Penguins Twitter account. Um, if you are not following that, like I said at the beginning of the show, 
please do. Um, just, you know, if anyone has any questions or anything like that, we did have one that I'll end the show with. It comes from Alan T. Yoder, who of course has asked a bunch of questions. Really great that he listens to the show. I'm thankful, I'm thankful for all of you to listen to the show. He said, what is your worst call playing the NHL, basically any year video game? Mine was a tripping penalty against Malkin who tripped Sidney Crosby on NHL 20. Okay, that's actually a pretty good question. The worst call I've ever seen. Um, oh yeah, I remember. I um, Someone like flipped a puck into the bench, which is not a delay of game in NHL 20, but yet they called that delay of game when it wasn't over the glass and I was just so confused. I think this was when I was being as the Bruins or something like that. Um, but the worst moment that I did have playing that game, I will tell you this story. Um, I was playing an online versus game. This was about, I think, six years ago, NHL 14 or something like that. And three seconds left. I'm up two to one. I'm about to win this game against this dude. Face off in my own zone. Okay, just got to win the face off back. I'll win the game, right? Win the face off back. Does the puck does not go off anyone? Goes in the net past my goaltender with literally 1.2 seconds left on the clock. I, I literally stood there probably for about 30 seconds with my mouth just open. And then all I remember after that was basically just throwing my controller at the couch because I was just so disgusted. Like, I just could not believe that that actually happened in the game. It's like, how do you win a face-off back and it doesn't go off anyone's skate and the goaltender cannot make the save? This is That is one of the reasons that I just have boycotted the NHL, EA NHL franchise because they just cannot fix these little problems that should have been fixed by now. Like the goaltending is just so, what's the word for it? It's just so inconsistent, I guess. You know, they make like these insane saves, but then they'll let in like the most easiest, dumbest goals. There's really only a few ways to score in that game, you know, such as, you know, the cross-eyes pass, you know, it's... It's a complete joke or, you know, I mean, one of my favorites, personal favorites, though, is a slap shot from the point deflection in. Um, absolutely love that. But, yeah, I just I hate the NHL franchise. Um, I'm glad that you got to tell me that there's a trick, tripping penalty against Malkin who tripped Sidney Crosby on NHL 20. That is that is awesome. Um, I haven't honestly played since I think 17 or 18. I just will not buy a game again from that franchise, you know, until they basically make some changes. So, but still, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Penguins podcast. I hope you all very much enjoyed it. We'll be back again um, with a couple more episodes this week. We're getting this much closer, guys. Training camp only six days away, and then we have the start of the qualifying round. You know, I think I'm going to start to get more excited as we maybe get to within a week of it. You know, see how this is doing, see if this is really going to happen. But right now, you know, I guess I'm cautiously, cautiously optimistic that it'll happen. I'm not as excited that as I should be for some playoff hockey, but you know, it also is kind of weird that, you know, we're doing this at late July, early August. So like I said, we'll have two more episodes coming this week. Not sure what we'll talk about, but I'll figure that out. And thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to check out the locked on NHL national show that comes out every week. And I will talk to you all soon.